Hey, before we jump into the episode, I just wanted to let you know that our course and coaching program called Youth Ministry Growth Accelerator now offers a three-month and six-month payment plan, which makes enrolling easier than ever. Just head over to growyouryouthministry.com and sign up today. And as an added bonus, if you join by Friday, May 17th, we're offering a free student leadership launch workshop, which will help you build and launch your student leadership team from the ground up. I can't wait to see you in the program so we can start accelerating the growth of your youth ministry today. All right, let's get into the episode. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us. This is episode three, and this is the second in a two-part series of things that youth pastors do that sabotage themselves, How basically. not to suck. Yeah, how not to suck. <laughs> <laughs> not that you do. So, if you did suck, how not to. <laughs> we covered five in the last episode, and if you're watching on YouTube, go back and click on the first episode that we did in this series. And if you're listening on the podcast, please go back and listen to the episode two, which is the first of the series. But um, let's go ahead and move into right away. What are the next five that youth pastors do that suck? (laughs) Yeah, these are just like, again, bad habits that we get into um, just to make sure we're watching. So the next one we're going to talk about is that um, we tend to put fun over safety Sometimes. So we're a little bit known for being a little reckless, maybe bending the rules a little bit in the name of fun, in the name of entertainment. Um, And I think this switched for me a little bit when I became a parent and realized, oh my goodness, if I were not present, how would I want my child to be treated? What boundaries would I want in place? And we have this saying at North Coast Church, which I think is pretty brilliant and it like relates to this perfectly. If you can't live with the worst case scenario, don't do it. So when you have this crazy idea in your brain of like, let's build a ramp made of ice and then like get kids on a tube and then like <laughs> launch them launch off. them down and like kind of like, you know, we just get these ideas in our mind, like we relive our childhood and, and we think it just sounds so fun. And there's probably that little voice in our head sometimes that goes like, they could run into a tree like that could be really bad. Um, but sometimes we're just like, ah, whatever. It'll make for a great video. It'll be so fun. The kids will think I'm so cool. Right. Um, but when we take those scenarios to their logical end of like, what is the worst case scenario in this moment? And can we live with that? And do you have a leg to stand on? So think of it like this. What is that headline going to read? Because it doesn't matter what happened. It matters what looked like happened. It matters mm-hmm. what people tell their parents and their friends and other parents talking to each other. It matters what they think happened on your watch. And right. so now you could take this to an extreme, right? It's no like, fun zone. what we're could just... happen right now? Um, It's raining outside and we could get electrocuted while we're doing, uh, so right. let's not do a podcast. Like, okay, yeah. like, duh. Like, don't be, I don't know. Overly dramatic and overly cautious. But is it reasonable? So if something out of the blue, outside of your control, random happened, a plane crashes into the church, like how could we ever see that coming? 
Well, that's a lot different than, well, did you make decisions to lead up to a kid in the hospital or, you know, just safety or moral lines getting crossed? Right. Yeah, that makes sense because I feel like uh, youth pastors always want to make sure they have as much fun as possible, which youth group is supposed to be fun. Yeah. But yeah, if you're pushing that line and that limit of safety. Or just stupidity. Like as we're talking, (laughs) to be honest, I paid this dumb tax hard. I thought it'd be so fun to have a food fight. And the way that it worked is there was a bucket of ketchup. Go on. A bucket of mustard. (laughs) Saw that one coming. And what you would do, you're either on the red team or the yellow team. And so you would take a marshmallow and you would dip it in your team color, ketchup or mustard, and you would throw it. And I told everyone to come in white shirts like that. They didn't mind getting dirty and they did. But here's what happened is it was all over the parking lot and then it was all over shoes, which meant it was all over carpet and flooring, not only for our church, but the businesses that we shared that parking lot (laughs) with. Uh, I got a phone call the next day from our campus pastor. He was very kind, but it did not go well because we had to pay for carpet cleaning for the other companies for us. And it was all because I played a stupid game that I'm like, let's get messy and crazy. This will be fun. And so I had to learn. And that's one example, by the way, I have many um, from my own ministry or others where I'm like, man, I had to learn that the hard way. So, And that could have been totally fine had you had a field and you weren't sharing right. the parking lot with other businesses and kids weren't you know, bringing their shoes right back into the church. Yeah, there was nothing wrong with it. Like it wasn't right. dangerous, but, but it was just, not just thinking stupid. The whole, the whole yeah. process yeah, through. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, and yeah, obviously the safety thing being the biggest um, concern, that one was damage to property, which is also concerning, but you know, definitely that's a little more livable than, you know, a kid lost his arm because we were playing a game <laughs> that involved machetes and who knew, but so yeah. All right. What's number two, which actually, are we going to be going, are we going to number these six through 10 or is this another top five, one through five? Yeah. I, I say we stick we're with the We're figuring 10. this out on the fly. Yeah. Okay. So this would be number, that was number six. So this would be number, number seven. seven. So number seven would be, um, staff meeting etiquette. Okay. So we talked a little bit. Hold on. Let me get my phone out while you're talking. <laughs> Go on. I see what you did there, Jeff. <laughs> I didn't have a laptop available, so I had to use my phone. Okay, so we all have been in that staff meeting where like there's the table and they're talking about something that doesn't directly affect you, pertain to you, or flat out interest you, okay? But there is a staff meeting etiquette I think that we all need to adhere to, which means, where's my phone? Here it is. You know, the whole like texting, emailing, checking your Instagram, doing other work to kind of like make that time go by fast. If you're like, oh man, I could be getting emails done or whatever. It kind of goes back to last episode. We talked a little bit about what it means to be a team player. And even if it doesn't affect your ministry directly, you might have an idea that helps with what they're talking about. You might have an insight on a person that they've brought up um, as a potential volunteer or whatever you might If nothing else, you're just appearing interested and you're going to gain points for that. But if you're constantly on your laptop or constantly on your phone until all of a sudden it pertains to you, I think you just send a pretty clear message that what they have to say 
even though it doesn't affect, it's just flat out not interesting right. and you don't care about the team. Yeah. And I know in this day and age in phones, and this is going to be a total okay boomer uh, <laughs> statement. I'll take it. People a lot of times will write notes on their phone. People will write notes on their laptop. Yeah. And I know, or, or Good point. students in the youth ministry will say, well, I'm on my Bible on my phone. It's my mom. Right? It's my grandma. All of a sudden that's really important. Yeah. But I think as an adult, and maybe this will change, and again, okay, boomer, but you would be better served taking a pad of paper and writing it down as people, if you're legitimately taking notes, writing it down, and then... You're not taking notes. Let's pr- probably honest. not. But if that's going to be your excuse, <laughs> right? I think you should, you should be writing it down on paper and then transferring that to your phone or laptop later. Because if you're writing something down, and, and people, someone else talking, they feel like, oh, they're... They're listening to what I'm saying and they're yeah. taking notes. You feel important. Yeah. Someone on their phone doing the exact same thing. You're yeah. thinking you're not listening. This doesn't pertain to you. So you're bored. Sure. And I I don't know how you feel about this, but I've heard people like declare that in a meeting of like, hey, just so you know, like yeah. I'm putting this in my calendar. I'm not disinterested. And I think, I don't know, like, I think that might be permissible. I think we're probably talking to some people who are like, no, bad and paper. No, I will not, you know, (laughs) and that's okay. So maybe you just make a quick statement of like, oh, putting this in, you know, unless it's distracting and then it would get a little weird. But I think if you can do it quick enough, sometimes people might connect the dots. Well, and making that eye contact. You can write something in your phone and still be nodding along with what somebody's saying and make eye contact with yeah. them. So they, re- oh, okay, yeah, you're writing something in your phone. You're not text. Well, you, maybe you are texting. Well, maybe you just you're- have to like over participate after that to like confirm. <laughs> I, I and am repeat mentally some of the things they say. Mm, mm-hmm, mm. <laughs> Excellent. Mm, Does this have yes. anything to do with me? Then I'm not interested. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Moving on. Number eight. Okay. Number eight. <sighs> We might hurt a little feelings here. We're hurting a lot of feelings. Not my feelings. I have no feelings. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. I do have feelings sometimes. But I think that there is a perception of youth pastors, probably just people in ministry in general, that we are have giant egos. But I think it's just masking a lot of insecurity. Yeah, I don't really know what the remedy for this one is. I think just bringing it to light a little bit of like knowing how we come across sometimes in our attempt to appear that we have it all together. Like, well, I know every answer and I thought of that already and this was my idea and I, you know, and I think we want so badly to be taken seriously for people to understand we're in charge and we can sometimes come across as egotistical, um, non-approachable, very prideful. And that just hurts so many of our relationships and our reputation. So one thing is just relax, know that you don't have to have all of the answers. Apologies go very far Uh, The other day, like I got a text message about something a junior higher had broken or whatever. And it was like, okay, how could I, I like can't supervise all my kids and make sure they're not breaking stuff, but oh my goodness, you know, we're happy to replace that. Like, please take a picture of it. Send me a link to where you bought it so that I can make sure you get, you know, just not like, well, I don't, not my fault. 
you know, like there's like a defensive mode I think we can get in sometimes. Um, but like playing well in the sandbox with our staff and our church, we have to be, um, take just that approach of humility, Mm -hmm. I guess. Um, and having a realistic expectation or a realistic assessment of ourselves to not making too much or too little of ourselves, I guess you could say, but just losing the ego, losing the pride. You know, sometimes when I work with youth pastors, I just feel like I have to be so strategic in how I communicate and say things so that I don't trip on an ego. And it's just so refreshing when you work with that person who's so like humble, who's Mm -hmm. so for you, who um, invites others in to participate in their leadership. You know, I think hoarding leadership is just a huge turnoff also. And I think that usually comes from insecurity, but like, why not let somebody else do something you could do, but they need to be on stage or they need an opportunity or um, give them credit for something that maybe was more your idea than theirs. But Mm -hmm find opportunities to platform others, push others forward. You know, they should be able to stand on your shoulders, not you standing on theirs, Mm -hmm. you know, to, to be seen and be visible, but I don't make it your show. Yeah, exactly. But I think a lot of youth pastors struggle with that too, because I think they maybe feel a little invisible in the church and they want bigger opportunities than Mm -hmm. they're getting. And so when they see any opportunity to, for them to shine, you know, they're going to take it because they probably feel like underutilized. Maybe. I don't know. Just a theory. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I think that point in itself is probably worth its own show and series. Cause there's a lot to unpack with that. But, um, I think that's good for today. That was number eight. Yeah, I and think so. Let's go to number nine. Okay, so this is kind of along those same lines. So maybe it's like eight B, okay. but <laughs> nine. So the shameless self promotion has gotta stop. So <laughs> me and our associate pastor, she's so funny. Taylor, I love you if you're watching. But we always use this hashtag humbled mm. because I'm like, what in the world? Like, and so now we joke about it. I'll be like, Taylor, I gave an altar call and nobody accepted Jesus. Hashtag humbled because it's like, dang, I really am humbled. I feel like yeah. this big. Nobody responded to, you know, this invitation. And we could do a whole theological debate <laughs> on the Holy Spirit right here. But I think you understand my example. Right. But you know, we we like to hide behind like humbled, you know, had 500 kids like get baptized and accept Jesus because of one of my messages. Hashtag so humbled to right. be a part of this ministry. And it's like, you know, like throw up <laughs> in my mouth a little bit because you you don't have to be a, a brainiac to like see what you're doing there. Yeah. And I always was very very perplexed by, and you and I have talked about this before, like we'll get announcements or prayer requests for like, oh, pray for the 500 kids I'm taking to camp. No, it's not 500. It's specifically like 573 kids. Right. And it's like, would I pray any differently for 573 kids than I would for 73 kids? Yeah, or five kids. So like the number, I see what you did there. Like you're sneaking that in in order to say like... Look at me, look at us. Yeah, and so it's like, do you want the prayer or the applause? Because I mean... It, it's coming across a little, yeah. uh, 
I'm trying to think of a nice word to say. <laughs> <laughs> there is no nice word, but yeah, it, it it's it's true. And we've talked about humbled, and I've looked it up several times in the dictionary because I feel like the way it's being used by most people is not how I always thought that word should be used. Humbled yeah. would mean we planned for 573 kids, we promoted the heck out of this event, and we got three kids. <laughs> I am humbled by that experience. Pray for my humbled heart. But I feel like it, and, and I don't want to say that it's being used wrong, because I think what they're saying is we, we planned for three kids and we got 10,000 kids, I'm humbled because I feel like I'm not worthy of the outcome. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. That, I'm trying to give him a little credit, but I feel like... Right. I think I think you know what you're doing. So let's just leave it on the right. table. The other one, um, shameless self-promotion too, is like, there's a thousand kids behind me because <laughs> I'm speaking at this awesome thing and I'm going to take a selfie of it. You know what I mean? And I think we just look for those opportunities to make our ministry appear so fun, so big, humbled for this opportunity to speak at blah, 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 blah. Now, there is also a line there because I know people are like, well, this is my profession and I want to showcase that and opportunities could come your way and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So is all self-promotion bad? No, I don't think so. I really don't. In this day and age, it's the game that's being played. Yeah, and if everyone else is playing it, it's almost like if you don't play it, it's like you're invisible and you sort of have to. But I just... Make it it legitimate and make it... Tasteful. Yeah. (laughs) And yeah, just, you know, if you're going out of your way, like, all right, everybody, make sure you're getting in the vertical picture I have on my on my phone to make sure we're getting as many people in there as possible yeah. then maybe you're because don't you think for every person who's like wow look at you there's like a hundred people that are like ew yeah you know what I mean and those are the and ones shame that... on them too yeah we all for suck. sure we all suck the end because yeah if there's something if there's a, a huge event you're doing we have to get as many photos as possible if there's a big flop it's let's cover up this event make sure no one knows right. it ever happened right and that's a pride thing and that's an ego thing. Yeah. Well, it's not like you could say never take a picture at an event or else you're prideful. Like, right. no, I don't know. I think it comes down to a bit of a heart thing. Right. And, um, you know, we're in a, like you said, social media age. We need to post stuff. We need to be out there. I think it is important. Like and at some point we'll probably do a whole episode on, social media and how to utilize it and the relevancy to your ministry and how to like ace that. I think we have a really cool guest in mind for that, Mm -hmm. but yeah, it's just like, maybe don't like quote yourself and stuff. That's always social. Yeah. If you are (laughs) posting (laughs) quoting yourself, (laughs) someone can quote me on that. I'm going to quote myself on that. If you're (laughs) quoting yourself and tagging yourself, quote unquote, Jeff Lasko. All right. Can't. Was that number nine? Yes. Okay, and this then, is the number 10, the um, last thing. Oh, um, using student ministries as a stepping stone. I think that... With that in mind. Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I got promoted to a different position. Yay. But I think... Um, and this is tale as old as time. <laughs> <laughs> Note oh, to self, guy. edit out. <laughs> Song selection by Kristen. End quote. Um, <laughs> like, 
this, as long as I can remember being in youth ministry, this is being talked about is that youth ministers sometimes use youth ministry as just a stepping stone. So I don't know. I could see both sides. Like, is it preparation for something else? Potentially, but I don't know where that line is between like pouring your heart and soul and being planted and like acting as if this is the only thing you'll ever do. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? In terms of like, I gave it so much of myself, not like, well, I was in a waiting room labeled youth ministry for like five years and youth ministry purgatory. Yeah. I think that being faithful to wherever you are, no matter the size of your youth group, no matter the size of your church, no matter the staff or the resources you have around you. If your heart is truly for ministry, it doesn't matter how many people came. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who came. It doesn't matter what you had because the gospel is the same. Ministry is the same. People are the same and people all want the same thing. Mm -hmm. So the hope maybe is that as your leadership grows, also your position and your ministry will grow. But who are we to say? I think that's like, like they always say, like we do the work, God is going to make it grow. So be patient with God's pace for you, God's pace for your ministry and God's pace for the church that you're at. Because I think the worst thing we can do is, um, think because it's not big, because it's not a big stage, because it's not a big platform, it's less legitimate. And I think that's like the hardest thing on our ego. Speaking of that is just, when we do see everyone around us that has a billion kids coming and everything looks so fun and they had like such a cool video and wow, like everything was so polished and produced. And, you know, here I am with my like eight kids at a community center Mm -hmm. where we're like, you know, just doing our thing. It's like, that's no less valuable. Um, but it takes a hit on us. And so I think a lot of times we're waiting for like, what's next? Like, all right, God, like I'm putting in my time with these like eight kids. Like when do I, but like, again, like being a parent, my heart has changed a lot for that. It's like, if, if I was sending my kid to a youth group with a youth pastor that saw them as like, Clocking in, clocking out. Yeah. I'd be like, so my kid's not valuable because they're only one of eight. Right. Yeah. You know, like, but if they were one of 200, you'd feel differently Mm -hmm. about them. No, you'd feel differently about yourself. So I don't know, just kind of something to chew on. You may disagree, may want to push back on that and that's okay. Like just something to think about for where you're at, Mm -hmm. you know? Meant to be more of an encouragement than a slap on the wrist. Yeah, and a guide. Um, not like a stop sign, but more like a detour if you're going these ways and yeah. getting you back on track. Right. And I would never say, doesn't mean like, don't look for opportunities. Stay there forever and ever right. and ever and ever. You well, know, the hope would be like, if God duh, but. led you into the ministry, God would then be leading you out of the ministry. And that yeah. and you would know when that time came it wouldn't just be an agenda where it's like well i'm gonna take this job right like don't jump the gun on what he may still be wanting to do with where you're at there's so many frustrating moments i look back on in my ministry where it was so tempting to jump ship mostly because it got difficult Mm -hmm. and i didn't feel like it was growing at the pace that i had hoped and for all my hard work i wasn't seeing the results that i had wanted and 
now on the on the other side, I just remember like, wow, I'm so glad I was faithful. I'm so glad I kept plugging away. I poured, I didn't retract from that ministry. I still continue to pour everything into it. And I would get these seasons where I'm like, what in the world am I doing? Like, cause even getting backlash from other people in ministry, like just little snide remarks mm-hmm. or little, just little jabs. I think that were meant to be funny. And I, Hey, make fun of me all day long, this guy. Um, but when it, there's some truth mixed in and it's a place that's already hurting, right. it's like, ugh. and I had those seasons where I'm like, way to kick me while I'm down. But I just like, just laser focused on this is what I'm doing and here's who I'm doing it for audience of one audience of one audience of one. And I was able to get through that time and just had to quiet down those voices around me. And maybe those voices around you are coming from social media. Well then get off of it for a bit or comparing yourself to somebody else in your organization that's promoting faster than you are. You know, like we all are in the spot we're in for the time we're in for a reason. Mm -hmm. So just hang in there. And, um, God's timing is, is perfect. Perfect. Yeah. What a great way to end. Well, well, thank you. Thank you, Kristen. (laughs) (laughs) No, thanks for joining us. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe and put some comments below and say what other things that youth pastors do (laughs) that make them suck. Um, <laughs> no, if you agree with some of the comments, if you disagree, go ahead and comment and it might be just interesting to see what other people have to say about that. If yeah. you are listening on a podcast, also make sure you subscribe and we hope you guys will join us for the next episode coming next week. Take care. Thanks for checking out this episode. We hope that it provided a ton of insight for you to create health in yourself, your ministry and your church. And if you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the ministry coach podcast, wherever you're watching or listening. And it would mean so much to us if you would rate and review view this show on Apple Podcasts. And we'd also encourage you to share it with a friend so that it can go to help more people. Thanks for watching and we'll see you next time.